When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, everyone. I have uh, Jacob here. Uh, can I call you Jacob or Jake? What do you prefer? Jacob's good. Yeah, Jacob. Um, and so this sort of uh, stemmed from a conversation we had started uh, in, a, in a group we're a part of about libertarianism, liberty, etc. And, um, you know, I kind of uh, made some comments about um, Western culture and libertarianism and uh, more specifically, um, how uh, if you want to make change uh, in politics, it comes from culture, and then you know Western culture in general has uh, devolved. Um, and so, uh, I think I think Jake uh, kind of took the 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 approach that um, Western civilization is uh, is a mess anyway, and it's never been great. So uh, why don't you expand on that a little, Jake? Sure, absolutely. So. Um... I guess I'll start with a little bit of just uh, of a caveat, which is not, you know, to me, it's not a dichotomy of it's, it's either all good or all bad. You sure. know, I'm not going to, you know, I would never want to defend the position that Western culture has no good aspects to it. Um, right. That's just not true. Um, but in terms of, you know, as both a Christian and a libertarian, I don't think that there is much to be gained by focusing on, on Western culture, because I do, I do think it is a bit of a mixed bag, although it does depend on how we define Western culture, because it is somewhat of a, you know, subjective word, a description of, yeah, you know, can, you know, so, so that, that's something we can get into, but yeah. you know, I guess, I guess my, my main point was, um, sure. what was, you know, was just basically that, you know, uh, you know, because we got into two things, one, which was the relationship between politics and culture, um, but it's also be the idea of Western culture. And, you know, if as yeah. Christians, and libertarians, you know, we should look at this as something that's good and worth preserving. And to me, it's just like, well, you know, the good stuff's worth preserving, the not so good stuff I don't really care for. But to me, the good parts of Western culture, I think, you know, aren't unique to Western culture. So, um, 
you know, that, that, that would be, I guess, kind of my opening yeah. uh, explanation of where I'm coming from. Yeah. So can we, I guess, define Western culture a little more maybe so we can just be sure. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I guess I've always viewed Western culture as, I mean, there's two things. One, we have to define, you know, kind of the geographical boundaries of it. And Western culture, I think, throughout history has geographically expanded. You know, it might have started, it really kind of started in Europe, probably as a result of the the Enlightenment period, um, and then kind of grew from that into the Americas. And right. maybe today kind of exists a little bit into, you know, it's still pr- predominantly Western Europe, but you know, I think some yeah. areas uh, in, you know, kind of the central heading towards Eastern Europe might, you might expand them to, to include those as Western culture. But beyond the geographical aspects of it, you know, I guess, uh, you know, that's, that's where it gets trickier to define it, which is, right. you know, and, and that's kind of why I asked, you know, sometimes it's like, I, I don't know what people mean by it other than like, is it just the culture of the West or are we just going to conflate conflate Western culture with enlightenment values? Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to just answer your question with a question, but you know, uh, the post the post you made, you brought up Western culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have a strict definition I hold to. Um, you know, what, what was your uh, use of it? I guess would be yeah, you know would, what I'd yeah. want to focus on. Yeah, I would say uh, Western culture in the way that I the way that I typically tried to define it was um, heritage of uh, ethical values that stemmed out of Western Europe. Um, you know, so if you want to say that that's expanded outside now um, to even uh, you know South America, Central America, some places, you know, um, South Africa, Australia, uh, that's those aren't the West. But I think it's the 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 ideas and ethics that came out of uh, Western Europe, um, somewhere around the Enlightenment, uh, maybe slightly after. Um, and I think uh, I think it's also fair to say that most people, um, and even myself, tend to identify the United States as Western culture in you know equivalency. Um, as far as, as far as popularity goes, pop culture, et cetera, the, the United States dominates a lot of that. So, uh, you know, for this purposes, I, I'd say it's, you know, uh, values out of Western Europe from the enlightenment on how they've brought in their, uh, ethics and individualism into, um, most countries that adopt those. Okay. And, and, you know, and, and again, so, that's, that's a good definition to work with, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if, if that's the definition, I would say then, you know, kind of like I said, my opening uh, statement, yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, uh, parts of the, the values coming out of Western Europe that are good, you know, we talk about John Locke, we talk about the ideas of personal liberty, limited government, the idea that, you know, there should not be this idea of the the absolute monarch. We talk about the ideas of, uh, of you know, kind of self-government. That that if there, you know, whatever you want to call government, because I know libertarianism is sort of, you know, the, the audience we're talking to, you know, there's going to be uh, anywhere from kind of classical liberals to all the way down to anarchists. But uh, 
you know, just the idea that w whatever you call government, that it should be limited, that it should be to, you know, basically that the law of the, the laws and the function of the government should be not to function as rulers, but to function as mechanisms for securing and protecting rights. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, I'm a libertarian, so you're not going to hear me wage against that stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, there's also a lot of stuff that came from Western Europe that's not so good. I mean, uh, you know, we could talk about the French Revolution. We could talk about Karl Marx. We could talk about, you know, socialism and, and fascism. You know, a lot of this stuff has, you know, roots in, in yeah. Western Europe, too. So it's, it's like, you know, if we're just going to cherry pick the stuff we like, mm -hmm. well, then are we talking about Western culture anymore? Um, so it's a bit of a semantics game. It's it's not so much that we're at cross purposes over what we value, but it's just like, well, if what we value is not all the Western culture, then do we need to be calling it that? Because that can kind of confuse the conversation, I think. Yeah, sure. Uh, do you, uh, okay. So, I mean, um, the, we obviously agree that there's a lot of things that came that have come poorly out of, uh, out of Western culture, but, um, in the in the alternative, uh, would you say we would have been better off without such a such a change? Uh, maybe um, at least as far as your values or your understanding goes. I'm not sure I completely understand the question. Are you saying like so? Like uh, there were. Are, I want to throw the with the bathwater? I'm saying um, you have to take the good with the bad in in all things, but I still think that. Uh, that you would still say um, the cream has risen to the top in Western culture. Uh, has it? Has it? Well, I mean, I mean, that's a good question. Um, would you say that uh, Marxism that that arose out of out of that some of that ideas in French Revolution, but was that adopted by the West, or was that adopted? Maybe, by... maybe. Well, maybe not at first, but. Mm -hmm. Just looking at the here and now, it's it's there's certainly uh, a mixture that it's hard to say which you know at this point in time, at least from my eyes, it's hard to say what part of Western culture is going to come out on top. At least in the here and now, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like it's not like one side is going to win for all time necessarily. But you know, maybe for the beginning of the Enlightenment effect on western culture and that commingling the stuff that was coming out was predominantly good um but right now it seems to be at least in my eyes kind of shifting in in the other in the other direction and sure. um you know I, I guess it's like uh you said we have to take the good with the bad um you know i, I guess like a, a concept i would say that we uh, one thing we need to avoid is something that's referred to as the genetic fallacy, which is the idea that just because something came out of a particular set of circumstances or out of a certain place that we have to preserve or value those circumstances as kind of conflating them with the good things that came out of it. Uh, I don't have any problem with the good things that came out of the enlightenment, kind of the things that kind of, you know, spilled out the ideas of, of, of liberty. But, uh, you know, I, I would rather focus on just preserving liberty. And uh, if we're going to talk about preserving Western culture, um, 
you know, to me that adds an unnecessary, uh, unnecessary complicating element to the equation because, again, it's a term that's that's can that's not objectively defined and means different things to anyone, you know, because there and and there's, it, I I pointed out Karl Marx, socialism, and all that, but I also said fascism, and for some people, Western culture is, uh, uh, you know, we can look at people like the alt right and who say that Western culture is, uh, you know, things like Europeans are, is, is, Europe is for Europeans. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, white uh, Western culture is really, uh, you know, for for whites and pr- we need to preserve, preserving Western culture to them kind of starts to look more like this, uh, this uh, identity politics that's played on, 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 on the right. And, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of, identity politics on the left either um but but yeah so it's just to me like you know i want to be as clear with what i'm saying when i'm presenting my ideas to the world and if i'm if i'm conflating things in that are going to distract the issue that don't necessarily need to be added in you know i guess that's kind of where i'm coming from which is that like you know both, and, you know, and let's bring a little bit of the Christian worldview in because we're both Christians. I don't see any reference to Western culture in the Bible. So, you know, from that standpoint too, it's like I, I don't see any biblical reason to 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 uh, to to care about preserving Western culture. Uh, you yeah, know, Christianity yeah. was a Christianity was a good and a bad element at certain times during mm-hmm. the development of Western culture. Um, so, to, to me, it's just kind of like. I'm not super motivated to, and I'm not out there rallying against Western culture, but I'm not really out there uh, trying to preserve it either. To me, it's just kind of this um, amalgamation of of different things in history and and forces that have come to this point that we've inherited. And mm. you know, I don't really want to focus on preserving the whole thing. It's like I want to point out the things that I find to be a logically consistent that comport with reality, um, you know, from kind of the libertarian view, the things that I think are going to bring about the most free and prosperous society. And B, from a, from a Christian uh, point of view, I want to point out the things and preserve the things that I think are most uh, comporting to the teachings of Christ and, and, and living out, uh, you know, living out my, my call as a Christian. And, you know, that's where my focus is on, um, so that's that's why I just don't feel compelled to to hang on to you know what Western you know this idea of Western culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about that. Uh, uh, it's interesting you mentioned um, you don't so you're so from a Christian worldview, uh, the Western the Western movement couldn't have occurred without the Christian worldview, in my opinion. So the the idea of the individual rugged individualism um, being, I guess, the most extreme maybe. But uh, that that concept is what's, what springboarded a lot of the Enlightenment. Now, there was a lot of, I guess, um, throwing out a lot of the metaphysical with that. But, but wouldn't you say that the idea of the individual uh, I guess empowered the Enlightenment Christianity? And I think the, the people have lost that um, in translation. I, I think individualism is, is, you know, more or less good. Um, I'm not the type of libertarian who 
has a problem with co collectivism in a in a broad sense because i mean it, it seems to me that we have to kind of live our lives sort of I think foundationally as individuals first, of course, but on top of that, I also uh, find myself in various groups where I have to get along with people collectively. And I don't think the issue so much is collectivism. I think the issue is kind of more how you, how you stack the, how you build the building, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, individualism certainly needs to be at the foundation. Um, but, but at the same time, I do think that, radical individualism there are there are versions of that which i think are uh antithetical potentially to libertarianism and certainly antithetical to christianity because uh you know to me christianity isn't really predominantly about individualism or collectivism i i think that there are parts of the bible which really speak to which really speak to both um mm -hmm. it'd be my view yeah, well, I mean, uh, I guess I guess see what you're saying there, but the um, the interesting thing that's always that's always uh, kind of bothered me, or not bothered me, but been on my mind. Um, so there's the idea of the individual in the Bible. Obviously, the the individual must um, must be protected, and, and the individual is recognized by by God and Christ. But but the collective. Uh, church right the the big c church you know of, of all of all of god's people um that have chosen uh to believe in christ or have you know depending on your bend uh, that he's chosen um that collective only happens through um god's co creating the collective um so when you're in society uh the the only way that a true collective could be created outside of god is through some other coercion is it the way i the mean collective actually occurs um it, through christianity is is god has created the church right and created the unifying glue of this collective through his authority but on on earth the collective is is uh is is going to be through some other form of authoritarian or or coercion um to have a true collective I mean, I, I apologize, but I, I, I disagree. And part of this might be, I, I don't, maybe we aren't saying the same thing when we're saying the word collective. I mean, yeah, sure. to me, a collective is just a group of people who come together for a particular purpose. And I mean, kind of seems yeah. to me that, I mean, you know, you and I met and started talking in a collective the group uh, on Facebook okay. that got together for a particular purpose. Now, maybe I'm using the word too broadly in your view, and, and, and that's fine. Maybe we need to, you know, maybe to you, the word collective needs to be talked about in a context that's more, uh, you know, more more hashed out. And, well, I would say it's voluntary collectivism is, isn't really collectivism. It's individuals deciding that this is a good idea and, and going with it. But it's still, it's still, I mean, uh, you know, but to me, this goes, that's kind of what I said at the beginning, which is obviously the foundation has to be individuals. And I agree that if, you know, if collectivism is obtained through uh, coercive forces, through some kind of authority, top down uh, use of force to collectivize people, well, that's obviously tyranny and that's antithetical to libertarianism. And I would even say outside of, 
you know, in the Christian worldview, we obviously think to one extent or the other, God has authority to do, you know, some of these things. But outside of God, in the Christian worldview, we we would say that no human outside of God-granted authority has the right to to do that. Um, but uh, I don't think that it's uh, semantically correct to say that anytime we look at a voluntary voluntarily formed group of people that, you know, it, it's sort of like the denying of compounds and the denying of elements and the, the denying of physical reality by saying, well, physical reality doesn't exist. All it is is just a bunch of atoms interacting with one another. It's like, well, it, it, it's like both. Like, yeah, it, it, reality in front of us, the physical world, is it on some level atoms and quarks and electrons and protons interacting with each other yes but if you go through life only describing the world through the smallest descriptor like the smallest individual components uh you know i i think that's kind of a semantic error well uh, I mean, you know it somewhat is i mean i i you know i'm i'm somewhat i'm not saying i'm being tongue-in-cheek but i'm being a little more extreme only because um a lot of the things that we see coming out of uh things like marxism um intersectionalism uh you know postmodernism, are are um uses of the collective to then pigeonhole people into their respective groups and and have their hierarchies battle one another um in an effort to gain the collective top um and and so that sort of thinking of of collective utility uh leads to um leads to interactions between individuals only on the basis of their collective uh, as opposed to the other way around where you would say individuals are acting um on an individual basis if they all tend to act in the same way uh you know that's that's a collective i guess but it's a different baseline oh i i agree it's a different it, it's formed differently and it's got a different foundation and i have i absolutely agree with that you know and uh both in the sense of descriptively they're different and from an ethical moral view they're different but I don't think that it's it's really helping the conversation um, or or the movement to reduce liberty to, to to reduce reality to just only individuals. Foundationally, it's always individuals first. Just like in science and in, in physical reality, it's always reducible to to atoms. But but this is where the Christian worldview, I think, is going to applied to, you know, this might not be a, a very persuasive argument to people who aren't Christian, mm -hmm. but to you and I, um, you obviously view me as more than just a clump of atoms. You know what I mean? Like you don't go, uh, well, Jacob, you're wrong because you're not even really Jacob. You are just um, a collection of cells, which are made up of tinier subdivisions which are made up of mm -hmm. particular compounds which are made up of individual atoms which are made up of individual protons and neutrons and electrons which are made up of quarks which who knows if even that you know it's like i don't even know what you are because you know i don't know what the smallest individual unit making up the collective of you is i think this is a lot of kind of getting caught in the weeds of the level of analysis we use and yeah, I disagree yeah. that it's definitely getting caught in the weeds um 
Uh, well, number one, I would say uh, I would see you. I, I, so I would describe you as um, a child of God grafted onto the vine, and that's it. Um, so there isn't really a need to go otherwise. But um, the other thing I would say is uh, the reason why it's in the weeds is because the the shaping of um, what's currently happened in a lot of the modern problems you might have with Western culture uh, is actually a result of collectivism um, and the, the ideas around that uh, battling for these hierarchies based in their collective identity. So that's that's kind of where, what I was going with that. Um, not so directly, unfortunately. It took a while to get there, but... Uh, that's, sure, and, and, so. and I don't disagree with, with what you're saying there. That, that certainly is... Uh, a a large percentage of what the problems in our society are are these collectivist forces at work, and you yeah. know, to me, it's it's not even just the postmodernist. It's even the the you know Republicans tend to be rather collectivist too. And yeah, sure. And, you yeah. know, every you know, so so believe me, it's it, it's it's not that I'm not I don't I'm not denying the the dangers and drawbacks of collectivism in these contexts um right but i don't i don't think the solution to the problems of collectivism in these contexts is to is to say collectivism is always bad or that collectivism is a like an illogical or invalid concept i guess is just what i'm saying um to me to me it's just like uh it's it's not a it's not an argument that to me holds water because I don't, I don't, I don't find it persuasive or really functionally useful in the, in the world, I guess is what, what, uh, what I would say. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, well, the, the bigger, I guess, reason is, is to say, um, you know, the, the, the problems you might have with what, what people might consider Western culture, I think are uh, rooted in that, uh, in that collectivism. Oh well, well, sh- well, I suppose um, it's definitely not. I do think individual uh, autonomy with others. Uh, maybe they might act selfishly, um, but that's not necessarily the same thing. Sure, and I don't view what's happening in society right now as a problem of radical individualism. And so to come up with examples of how individualism could be dangerous are going to be difficult because it's not immediately around us right now. Mm. But I think as a libertarian, you might maybe be able to see where I'm coming from, which is when you talk to, to some libertarians, I, I, it's like you get a glimpse into where individualism could even go astray. And it, it might seem like, well, how can individualism go astray? Um, and I think where it could go astray is if it's unhinged from, uh, you know, some kind of Christian, Judeo-Christian worldview of ethics. And, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Because, like, right. if, if, you, if you get into this sort of mindset mm. of, well, people are just these clumps of atoms, um, individualism can turn into a tyranny of, uh, you know, this hedonistic, I only care about myself and my pleasure. Um, and without that Christian foundation of people, all people having inherent worth because of their 
status as being reflections of mm-hmm. uh, of the creator God. Uh, you know, to me, it's not that, it, you know, I, I don't think that individualism is something that is, you know, without the risk or danger in certain contexts. It's just that in our society right now, that is not the current problem we're dealing with. Yeah, well, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head, at least as far as I'm concerned, and um, the lack of Christian or and or even I'll go as far to say uh, acknowledgement of um, objective truth in God uh, has ruined the idea of the individual. And so, so many people, especially in the Christian world, have decided that this collective um, idea is the solution to such problems, uh, when in reality, um, that's going to lead to much bigger issues, uh, if you ask me. Um, and so, ideally, I think, and I don't know if you agree, but you'd have the individual um, with their eyes and their objective morality based in God or a transcendent and not um, science who decides that what you feel is um, the only thing that's important today. And I'll just be a hedonist and, you know, act uh, selfishly. Um, You don't get your individual values uh, to, to act in the world from um, this materialism. You get your values from the objective God. And so, I guess what I'm arguing for is a utopianistic sort of thing where people would act um, as an individual under the authority of God and not as um, an individual under materialism and not as uh, a collective under some um, uh, authority of God, because then the collective no longer has personal responsibility. You know, that it, so that's kind of where, because it's easy for someone to be in a collective and say, well, you know, we all agree with God, but um you know, we're not going to own up to our own shortcomings because you're in the different collective who's, you know, um, affecting us, whether you're on the alt-right or the, you know, the left. Um, That's kind of what I'm getting at for all of this is that individuals under the objective truth of God uh, is is better than, let's say, the collective. Um, And so without... Okay, yeah. I I hear what you're saying and, and, you know, there's nothing there that... I, I disagree with in terms of, you know, is that like the foundation for the ideal, what, you know, society, and yeah, I mean, I think you and I would, would, would agree that individualism coupled with a Christian worldview, you know, the metaphysical presuppositions combined with uh, the scriptures. Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, that is, uh, you know, kind of the, 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 that is the right combination to to go after. Um, right. But but I guess my point again is you know now we're kind of keying on how I don't think the problem is inherently collectivism collectivism versus individualism, where individualism is wholly good and collectivism is wholly bad. I think the real problem is uh, uh, not to turn this too preachy, but I think mm-hmm. the problem is uh, society society that is uh godless versus society that is uh filled with individuals uh seeking after god both individually but also coming together and doing it corporately because the the the, you know the bible doesn't teach us just to be 
individual atomistic Christians acting alone, but to act as a body. And so um, to, to me, it's like the, the problem is not any of these concepts by themselves. It's, it's when it's just like anything. And this is, again, something where I doubt I'm going to get much resistance from you as a Christian, but the problem always comes back to people doing things outside of uh, or, or in, uh, in opposition to the will of God, both his moral and, and authoritative will. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and to me, that's kind of where the problem comes from. It's, it's like, you know, I, I don't want to focus so much on collectivism or individualism. I want to just focus on, on morality and, uh, you know, uh, right, right. The problem, I think, I, and I totally agree with you, and you're not getting resistance from me on that uh, at all, uh, but I would say the, the approach to such things um, is how that comes around, because uh, people tend to, let's let's just take, well, we can take the full gospel approach, um, and then somebody would say, uh, you know, um, you're saved by grace, right? And your gra- the grace is, is never-ending. Um, but their association, uh, that when they would resist such a thing, are is still with the collective being this idea that I'm terrible along with these other people that have done such terrible things. There's no way that we would be at all, um, you know, taken care of because God has better things to do, or you know, God is dealing with the good people. Um, and if you approach it by saying no. You are an individual in the eyes of God, and he is personally with you as an individual. Uh, it's better. It's a better way of getting, getting to people to understand this objective morality. Um, sure, the- sure. And, and, and my only thing to say to that is that the way we go through life as Christian libertarians is complicated because we're kind of doing the stance where, A, like, as Christians, we do feel compelled to share the truth, the ultimate truth that you and I both agree in. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, we don't want to only deal with people in these terms in, into the point where like, they're going to stop listening to us because they're going to be like, hey, guys, this is a libertarian group, not a come preach the gospel out of group. You know what I mean? And, and so we have to function kind of both as Christians, but also as like, okay, well, let's take our Christian caps off for a second for the purposes of talking about libertarianism and not that we get rid of our Christian presuppositions, but just that we're not actively talking about them. And if I'm having a conversation with someone who's an atheist Mm -hmm. who, who is or isn't a libertarian, and I'm just talking about these concepts, um, you know, if the conversation is not about Christianity not that I might not bring up Christianity at some point in my set of conversations with that person, but like if we're operating solely as libertarians in certain conversations, uh, you know, I'm going to be careful to not construe the world as individualism, only good collectivism, only bad, because, you know, because I don't think it's accurate and B, uh to you know the dangers of individualism being largely when it's uh, uh you know not coupled with the christian worldview you know maybe it's not a problem right now because it's kind of buried beneath the surface of all the different 
things going on in our culture and society right now. Mm. But along, along with the problems of postmodern collectivism and identity politics, there's also a growing amount of postmodern nihilism and, uh, you know, this radical individual subjectivism that maybe that's not a huge problem right now, but uh, it could be. And, sure, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a balance there. I see. I mean, so, uh, yeah, so it's sort of like, would you rather have postmodern uh, collectivism with these crazy uh, discussions around, you know, identity politics, or would you rather have a nihilistic tendency um, with, for most people, uh, which is, can also lead to, you know, destruction. Um, but it might, well, my uh, hope is, I guess, and my also, I, I believe it to be true is, is the, the, uh, the individual and the, the nihilistic point of view, um, is not as pervasive. Uh, if you look at history, um, that the that nihilism took over, uh, because number one, it's, I mean, it's individualistic and it's, it's difficult to band together. But number two, um, I believe that, um, the, the transcendent and, and, and objectivity, uh, is self-evident. And so the people that are steeped in nihilism, um, only get there so far. And it's a small subset of people, I believe, be, because I don't think individuals can operate, um, without identity. And so this, and this is why I think the postmodernists and in, in your, uh, and your, and your identity politics type people have to have their identity. It's misguided into, into this, uh, world-based God that they've created through their hierarchies. Um, whereas the, the nihilist, um, it's just not as pervasive because it's a, it's an intrinsic value of the human being to, uh, have an identity. Um, so I don't, I just don't. True. Think, and it, 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 nihilism is also somewhat a self-defeating philosophy because if you're a nihilist, you're not really motivated to go out and spread nihilism because right. you don't care. Exactly. But at the same time, I don't view nihilism as something that has come about because nihilists are going out there and spreading it. But the scientific world, secular world we live in that's rejecting God has been slowly discovering, uh, you know, that uh, if you, you know, when God's taken out of society mm-hmm. and everything is, is uh, everything is material, you, you quickly discover, uh, well, there's, you know, there's no value to anything. Sure, and but so a lot of people, a lot of people just get there on their on their own. <laughs> well, do they, or are are people then just doing essentially replacement therapy by um, instituting what they would consider "quote unquote" science as their new ideology? And so, oh, sure. not yeah. really, they've never actually become nihilists. I don't even know if it's possible, truly, because, uh, like you said, it's it's somewhat self defeating. And number two, it's it's self evident, and they've just glommed onto a new set of idea ideologies that they believe are objectively true but as we know science can't truly be settled right it's it's constantly evolved and through thought and experiment um so uh anyway um that kind of that gets way into uh the weeds on this discussion um but i think it's interesting yeah yeah it's interesting i mean i guess to bring it back it's you know i guess to go back to kind of tie it back to the the central thesis of what we were kind of going after, after we've kind of hashed some of this out, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not against individualism. Um, I definitely see the dangers of collectivism in our current society and more individualism is certainly a, 
uh, enticing and, and would be a, an effective antidote to a lot of that uh, collectivism. But, but I, I do think that if you completely throw collectivism out, um, you're kind of throwing, I do think it makes your worldview less comprehensible. I guess is what I, is where I'm going because uh, you know if you're especially if you're operating as a Christian because I I think it's hard for a Christian to completely throw out the uh, the idea of co- collectivism and um, I think the focus should be more to, to me my focus is less on individualism versus collectivism and more on you know just liberty versus tyranny which is all based on the idea of you know coercion and 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 volunteerism, which is the idea of you know, listen, have your groups, and collectivize however you want, but don't do it at the point of a gun. Don't do it with the with the coercive power of the state. Mm-hmm. And you know, because a, if you're doing these through democratic means, you're 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 just it's just majority rule, and it's just going to make people tribal and and constantly in in battle with one another, which is just not good. Um, and and b uh you know you will uh you know the the other danger of the the collectivism that 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 we're seeing is that it's it's highly uh weaponized by people with ulterior motives people who don't really care about your collective but will use your collective to their own ends yeah i agree with that um I, de- no, I don't think we can. I don't think we would disagree on the the idea of tyranny um, at all, uh, and and, co- and coercing people through force or a gun, or state state sponsored guns. Um, you know, tax tax collected gun uh, money, um, which is pretty pretty ironic actually that you would then uh, you would give them your money or they or take you know voluntarily engage in the society either way, and then they turn and take that money and point a gun at you uh it's pretty, pretty terrible um so uh i guess the other the only other thing i was going to say is uh how do you uh find yourself um rectifying or i guess um uh you know reconciling uh you know libertarian individualism and christianity um from you know like day to day or your constant struggle is it something that you do you know battle with or is it uh is it just a uh uh, not a big deal anymore. Well, the the uh, it, it's not a a battle. It's more of a it's it's a there's a tension, and and there's certainly a lot of exploration I do between that tension. Um, uh, try, trying to sort out where libertarianism and Christianity are are compatible, and you know, for the most part, I find them pretty c- compatible. Um, you know, at least at the, you know, in, in the broadest senses, if you, it depends on what flavor of libertarianism you're, you're looking at, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's, 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 nowadays libertarianism is almost like, you know, soda machines that, you know, not that we've been to restaurants in a while, but when, you know, the restaurants we used to go to had those soda machines where it was like you had infinite combinations, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's libertarianism nowadays, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as like the individualism of libertarianism, I mean, you know, I'm definitely not someone who says, like I said at the beginning, I mean, I, I, I agree individualism has to be the foundation because, um, you know, while I think collectivization has its uses and, and, and is not holistically bad, if you start out 
at the group and not at the individual, you are always going to end up at tyranny. Mm-hmm. Um, morality does not work in groups. Like it just, it just, you can't create a functional ethic system by looking at society as just groups. And that is the problem of a lot of these, you know, the postmodern co- collectivism that's going on right now and that's tearing our society in, uh, apart. And, right. um, you know, and it's like, I, I do see a lot of that as, you know, going back to the very beginning, that's why I don't really like to talk about Western culture because I can't really make it easy to say that stuff's not part of Western culture because it, it very much is so. I mean, postmodernism came out of France. It's very much part of, you know, Western culture. And, um, you know, if, if, if you want to say that we should preserve the, the, you know, the parts of the enlightenment that talk about individual liberty, I'm all for that. And, you know, I just think it's helpful to, uh, to be as specific in, as what we're talking about as possible. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I, I'm okay. I think that's a fair defense of that. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's definitely something I, I wish more people would, um, would talk about, uh, because it's, it's, um, it's, it's, I guess it's far too easy to, uh, decide, well, West is the best. And then also, um, throw out, uh, you know, um, all the other things that you're cherry picking. So it is nice to, it is nice to, uh, to get a more wholesome view of what actually, what that actually means. Um, do you, uh, do you think that, um, the United States, uh, if, if let's say we define the West as the United States, um, would it be fair to say, uh, that was, that's, I guess, uh, the best, uh, culture or would you say no? So the United States being, we'll say that's Western culture. So then we would say, you know, from, from the beginning of the United States as an entity to now. I like the declaration of independence. Like when I look at that, like the founding of America, mm-hmm. you know, I can't even find, I can't find much to even nitpick over in that. Um, you know, so if you're talking about just like the very core, what America was founded on, which is, you know, to me, the declaration, there's not a whole lot there I can complain about unless I'm going to pull out my anarchist hat and get really like triggered by, you know, just like, you know, don't, (laughs) you know, coming from that perspective. Um, but the, then the Constitution, when you when you jump to that, there's there's definitely a lot of problems with with that. Now I know you talked about culture. Um, you know, there's not much with the beginning of American culture I have a huge problem with. I mean, it was a bunch of people who kind of started to you know kind of look at they, they were living out uh, the things that we're talking about in the writings of the Enlightenment philosophers and. You know, the idea of like, you know, why are we, <laughs> why are we a uh, people, a bunch of people who are more or less governing ourselves subject to the rule of this person halfway, you know, the whole way across this ocean. And, uh, you know, it definitely the roots of it are things that are worth preserving and protecting. If you wanted to say that, that you know, that American patriotism and that part of American culture you know, the origins of it are worth preserving. I, I'd have very, you know, I mean, 
you know, give you give me some time to reflect, I could come up with some nitpicks, but you know, mm. I'd have to be it would be getting into the weeds to to criticize that. I'd have to push the the bar to say, well, America as a whole, its entire history, there's a lot of flaws. But if you're just talking about the foundation of it, you know, it was a very beautiful foundation, a very good idea. And, you know, it was an essential part in the development of human society as we continue to you know push the ideas of liberty it's impossible to talk about that without looking at the american revolution and that was definitely an important catalyst yeah well i mean so in in hearing that i agree and i'll say the west is the best in trump 2020 you know (laughs) oh i got i got i got sucked in (laughs) right no i i uh it is is funny um it's you know what's interesting uh about about that um not until recently did I really start analyzing um, what we what we uh, what we identify with at the Constitution um, as a current in its current state, uh, and and then what what flaws have come out of that. Um, you know, if we would have stopped at like the Articles of Confederation, uh, we might have had a much more libertarian America. And I agree. I think that we would have gotten to wealth as quickly as we did maybe maybe not it's hard to say um but i think it would have been a more sustainable uh liberty liberty focused country because i think you would have had uh organic change um among individuals as opposed to forced change through you know state guns yeah i mean because basically at least the parts of libertarianism that i find myself involved with which is like um, you know, I'm, you know, somewhat involved with like the, the, uh, the Mises caucus and, you know, and, you know, the whole idea that, that, you know, the libertarianism that I push, cause I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere between like Ancapistan and Minarchy. Like mm-hmm. I like, in, I like Ancapistan. Um, I don't know if it's possible to make an Ancapistan world. Maybe you could do that on a small scale. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think it's possible, but, you know, I also contend with the idea that, you know, you might have to have some things that are loosely called governments or or something to that effect. But decentralization is, to me, the key, because if there's going to be governing structures, they need to be as local and voluntary as possible. And to me, the Articles of Confederation, they were immensely better than the the constitution and that would have been a much better uh you know like i said i like the declaration the constitution there's some good and there's a lot of you know uh, granted it's 2020 i mean it's uh you know uh, hindsight's 2020 so of course we can you know it's we, we you know we're looking back on it and going oh here's all the fatal flaws of it mm-hmm. um but uh yeah the articles of confederation definitely would have been a better starting point because it it was much more focused on the sovereignty of the localities and the states. The federal government basically had no power. And of course the people at the top didn't like that. And so that's why they had to change it. <laughs> right. Right. It's the same old story yet, uh, yet with a nice, with a nice bit of um, uh, dressing on it. Uh, you know, the same old tyranny that they were uh, fighting. They, they recreated in a little, little better way. Um and so, yeah, I, I actually uh, tend to, um, I, idealistically, I'm, I'm uh, very much on the uh, Ancapistan side of things. Uh, 
but if if I'm forced to um, get into the pol- political sphere and say, well, I'd like to associate with a party and associate with with politics and the way that they're they're structured now, um, you know, lately um, because of the culture war, I, I'm I am very much uh, identifying with the conservatives more um, than anywhere else, only because they have an actual movement. Um, outside of uh, libertarianism, they have a movement uh, that tends to uh, fight um, this PC culture uh, and postmodern culture. So the things that actually affect people every day, their uh, their cultural influence, I think, is, is useful. Um, it depends on what conservatives you're talking about. I mean, if like, if we're talking about guys like Tom Woods, Dave Smith, you know, that lot, like, because I identify those guys as kind of like libertarian conservatives and, uh, you know, more more or less, you know, that's fine. Uh, I do find much of the conservative movement to be unbearable because they're a bunch of border hawks and, and uh, warmongers. And, you know, that's, th- those things are kind of hard for me to, to, to yeah, brush well, under yeah, the yeah, under yeah. the rug, even right, even though right. I, you know, I'm I'm no fan of the radical left that we have here in America today. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 you know, so there's a temptation to want to support the conservative resistance to that. Right. Um, but you know, you know, I, I fundamentally am, am motivated and convinced that you know supporting the lesser of two evils is always a bad move i i, I just well, short short term it short term it might lead to less pain i think long term it always is a disaster yeah well there's always yes i, I do agree that there's there's long-term uh there's long-term pain um but i think the libertarian movement on its own is already such a long-term goal that I can make headway in some short-term issues while still trying to make a long-term goal. So, I mean, there are some, there are just specific, you know, single issue sort of things that the conservatives might uh, agree with me upon. Um, And so I'm having to then decide between, uh, you know, um, horrible social issues or, you know, economic policy um, and, you know, warmongering, and other bad economic policy. Um, and so all of that is pretty short term and much more impactful today and even in the next 10 years. So um, you take the short battles and you have a long-term vision, um, you know, and I, and I don't see any way possible for the libertarians, which is a big reason why the libertarian party has really made me upset because uh, there's no way you could get more liberty by kowtowing and taking any of the ideology of the left, um, most at least the way that they would implement it. Uh, but you could make headway with the ideology of the right. Um, I see where you're coming from. I have some pushback. It's not like, you know, I'm certainly not a leftist. I, at the same time, I, I think that conservatism has its pros, of course. I mean, you know, ultimately I do identify as a right-leaning conservative libertarian, you know, mm-hmm. and a Christian. But I'm, I'm just not happy, at least at this point in time. You caught me, you know, two months ago, I might have been singing your tune a lot more. 
right now I'm just not happy with the current status of conservatism and what a lot of conservatives, both in the Republican and the Libertarian uh, movements have been handling things because, you know, there's, you know, should we resist some of the stuff on the left? Absolutely. But uh, there is such a thing as uh, letting your enemy turn you into the worst version of yourself as you attempt to do battle with them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm seeing. It's like, um, do I like a lot of the rhetoric or like, do I agree on a fundamental level with some of the rhetoric from the left on social issues? Uh, well, fundamentally, no. As a right-leaning conservative Christian, I, you know, I, I tend to lean those ways on social issues when it comes to, in terms of, you know, morality and in terms of how I live my life, what I teach my kids. And I don't want the government to push those social values on me. Um, But when I see conservatives resisting that by being somewhat uh, bigoted or hateful towards these groups on the left, I think that it's a, uh, a, an error, an over response. Mm -hmm. And and ultimately as a Christian, it's like, listen, I, I might not agree with the idea that some LGBT people push. Like, I don't agree with their views on, you know, the human condition on, Mm -hmm. on how humans should live. But uh, my job is to reflect Christ and to love them, not to, uh, um, uh, <laughs> to come at them with with uh, with hate and with uh, uh, with vulgarity, which is something that I, I do think is a problem, and that I see, uh, you know, I'm I'm starting to see a little bit too much of that, and um, and and same thing with like uh, not just with the LGBT, but like with the uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and and the identity politics there. Um, you know, it just seems to me like there's a lot of this, a lot of times my problem is it's like, we're setting up a false dichotomy. It's like, uh, well, I don't agree with what, how they're phrasing this thing. So I have to completely oppose it. Whereas to me, it's like, there's a baby in the bathwater that you're throwing out because, uh, do I agree with the leftist? narrative in terms of like the full leftist narrative of systemic racism and Mm -hmm. that america is racist as it's presented no but do i think that the institution of the state disproportionately hurts minorities that the law that the legal uh systems and the law enforcement don't uh disproportionately hurt minorities that there's not a hist that 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 Maybe that the policies have changed on paper, but that there's still a history of things that did happen in the past, both from slavery to Jim Crow, redlining, all that, different policies that negatively impacted minorities uh, that have caused those communities to accrue less wealth. And listen, even policies like welfare and the democratically controlled cities that like, sure, like we can blame the Democrats for a lot of that, how they've created these bad incentive structures that have led to some of the pervasive problems in these communities. But like, 
a lot of that stuff is things where, sure, should we preach individual responsibility? And that, you know, is it wrong to say your predicament is because America is predominantly white and all the majority of whites are racist? Like, no, I don't agree with that. But I don't think that the response to that is just to completely ignore all systemic problems. You know, especially as a libertarian, I'm very sympathetic to the idea that there are systemic problems. And so it's like, you know, the culture war that's going on really has me in a bind because I feel like people are kind of like looking at me and saying, pick a side. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm not with them, but uh, I, I don't agree with this the strategy of opposition that conservatism is is employing mm-hmm. and I, I feel like you know especially as a libertarian i'm always very uh cautious of people who try to use the kind of reasoning of well we have to stop x group now because uh the consequences will be so disastrous and i'm just like to me this just seems like historically speaking the same argument that's always been used for what ends up long-term being an expansion of state power. Um, And listen, like I'm engaged in the culture war as a Christian in terms of, you know, ultimately it's not like I'm trying to win. I'm trying to, I'm I'm trying to bring people to Christ, but uh, uh, I refuse to in any part mix my politics with this culture war because to use the state to win the culture war to me is just to like fundamentally uh i um i am that's too much of a compromise on my values it's like you're winning at the expense of becoming something else that is monstrous and and despicable sorry to go on that long rant but it's like this is something that's very much been on my mind and it's a subject that i've thought long and hard about it's it's not something that i take lightly you know i i try to not be it's it's, it's conservatives are often labeled as reactions and mm-hmm. that's true to a point i mean I, th- I think it is true yeah like you know we, we are reactionaries in terms of like hey don't casually dismantle things that have existed in society because there might be like you know value to them and we shouldn't just casually throw things out and let's examine them uh but you know there's also there's such a thing as being overreactionary to the point where you uh you come on way too strongly yeah well it depends on whether so if you choose not to engage at all there's a different i guess a different uh out outcome to the situation for you uh maybe maybe not you may just be lumped in with the with the mess um and so if you know i i I think ideally as you know as christians we take an issue evaluate it with prayer biblical truth and make a decision if we have to um and ultimately leave the decision to god um so you know that's that's how we should do it uh and um but unfortunately, that means most times, at least from what I'm seeing, uh, that means um, you are automatically a pariah to the left. Automatic. There's no, 
I don't think there is anything that the, the current left in America uh, will actually corroborate with Christian's point of view. Um, and on the right, uh, they'll they'll kind of pretend to uh, support uh, you, um, but there's a whole other set of baggage that comes along with that. Um, and so you, you don't have to choose a party. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying when you engage um, in society to do something, uh, you know, for instance, um, if you're going to try and, uh, uh, I don't know, um, meet at church, uh, you know, amid the COVID scenario, um, you know, you're going to get resistance from both sides. Uh, you know, um, that's a difficult place to be in. Uh, but I think, uh, more conservatives probably, uh, will allow you to engage in your activity than, than the left would. Um, and so you end up in that sort of collective, uh, group as it were. Um, and so, uh, as much as I, as much as I agree, um, I think when, if, if I'm going to engage and they, and you know, the, the left is basically set the terms by way of the media at this point, um, I now have to respond in, uh, amongst those terms. Um, so there's only so much you can do in terms of remaining neutral when you're trying to engage, um, with others. I w sure. Know. I wouldn't classify. And if you disagree and you want to, you know, maybe I'm wrong and, and you could make an argument that would persuade me of that, but I don't really view what I'm doing as being neutral. I view it as, uh, you know, I, I do believe that action should be made, but what I'm not willing to do is to, uh, I'm, I'm not willing to just do anything to achieve victory, I guess is what, uh, is what I'm saying. And that, you know, like there's this whole, I mean, there's like, it's the old saying, like, uh, you know, in going, <laughs> in, in going after, a problem don't become the thing that you're seeking to destroy. Um, right. You know, and, and all, and, and coming back to the Christian worldview, you know, I think, I think we as Christians in America are a little spoiled, you know, the country that has the most, it's like the, well, I think the most number and probably also the highest percentage or the largest growth of Christians in the church is communist China where persecution is the highest. And I think American Christians are a little spoiled into, you know, kind of like it, we expect to live in a society and a world where it's easy to be a Christian. Well, you know, nowhere, there's really nothing in the Bible that really says that a that's likely to happen and B that you should go out and your goal should be, you know, it wasn't like, hey, spread the gospel and make a po make disciples and also affect political change to make it easy to be these things. It's like, no, like, <laughs> actually, the first 500 years of the church was, you know, rather uncomfortable to be a Christian. And um, not that I'm anti-Catholic, but, you know, the, uh, the, the church kind of uh, Constantine's conversion was sort of a chance to... Uh, Hey, we don't have to be persecuted anymore, and now the church will be part of the state. Well, I'd argue the consequences of that weren't great in the long term. And you know, when you trade comfort, and you know, isn't this kind of a libertarian point? Like, if you trade comfort and security for for principles and, and freedom, 
that's a compromise that you're always going to lose in the long run. And I, I guess I, I'm just, I'm a bit more cautious to, to just, you know, in, in this case, be a, a, you know, just react in the fashion that a lot of conservatives are. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's, it's, it's definitely tough. I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't like what the left is doing, but I don't want to, you know, I, I'm ultimately a Christian and I'm always evaluating my actions at the core level by, is this, is this, you know, what would Jesus do? Is this reflecting Christ? Is this how Christ would act in this manner? No, I'm not Christ. I'm not perfect. And I'm sure that like every other Christian, I fail most of the time, but uh, I just don't see a lot of Christ in what a lot of conservative Christians are doing, uh, you know, at this point in time. I mean, you know, there there is an element of self-sacrifice and you know the bible says that you're gonna you know for the most part that you're going to be pariahs of the world in a way because you're separate and distinct and yes i feel like we have had it pretty good here in the west and Mm -hmm. christians are afraid to let go of that and i totally get it like i'm i'm not sitting here saying i want to be uncomfortable but i'm not willing to preserve my comfort with means and methods that I find to be unacceptable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and yeah. that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I think it's fair. And I, I would never disagree with that. Um, and I, I, you know, uh, it's sort of a difficult thing that when the rubber meets the road, uh, you know, um, it's hard uh, to make the decisions um, that seem to, that, that, you know, affect you immediately, you know? Um, and so that's, that's what, that's what typically happens. You know, uh, like, like, just the other day in a Facebook group, I accidentally, you know, what I was defending Christian values and accidentally uh, offended a transgender person. And I could have just said, oh, well, like, you know, this is what's true and whatnot. But instead, I reached out to the person and had a conversation with them and said, like, listen, I might not agree with your worldview, but like, here's my heart. Here's where I'm coming from. I don't have hatred towards you. You know, and, and, you know, I'd like, I don't see enough conservative Christians doing that. I, I, it's like a lot of them are just like, they're, they're reacting in these defensive ways that are just like, uh, well, they're coming for us. So, you know, we got to fight back and, you know, punch back twice as hard. And I'm not saying that's you, but like, that's a lot of conservatives. And, and, you know, I, I guess it's like, if you're, if you're like a secular conservative, which I guess mm-hmm. that kind of exists, um, maybe I can't fault them as much. But the Christian conservatives, especially, I'm like, you know, we should, you know, we should know better than this, in my opinion. I don't think yeah. that that's, that's helpful. Don't don't become the thing that the left, like, I don't agree that most conservative Christians are hateful bigots, but don't let them troll us into becoming that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a point. Um, it's, it's too easy to do that. You know, and I, I, I rail against libertarians pretty often as well um, in the left and uh, the right in the right sided folks that are constantly looking at, um, you know, increasing oppression, uh, you know. Uh, so everyone, in my opinion, gets a gets a fair shake at, uh, at uh, from me when it comes to my opinions on what they're actually doing, um, you know, and so uh, I think I think it's mostly case by case for most people um but it's when so often the case the case um piles up it's it's hard to it's hard to not draw a line in the sand you know and so um i think that's i think that's fair uh 
there was um there was one other thing I was gonna I was gonna go on real quick um and I was gonna say you know with regards to the current state of things um and you know both of both you and I probably have our issues with um with the way uh the feds are currently um deciding to wield their power in some of these municipalities and cities um, I would I think it's safe to agree to say that you probably don't agree with that idea as well um yeah yeah absolutely I I uh, well so i came up with a sort of solution to that um and i kind of wanted to bounce it off of you for a second um if the cities decided uh hey we um we obviously don't have the police power to to deal with this situation um and then the feds are, are saying well we have to do something um uh, there is a third option it's not as nice but um, you would tell uh, the people that basically you would deputize a militia uh, or, or the people that are such fans of the blue line and the second amendment. And you would say, well, we need help guys. The, the, the police force is in, is in trouble um, and it's time to it's time to move up. So then the feds save face because they're not bringing in their, you know, jackbooted thugs um, or what, what is uh, the, the mayor called them Trump troops, which is laughable um, <laughs> in Chicago. But then you yeah. weaponize the the individuals to then uh, become your militia force or, or deputies. Um, and then you just have a, a bigger police force. When it's And it's the individuals putting their money where their mouths are and the feds are no longer, uh, you know, culpable to their... You know. So I mean, just to just to make sure I'm following along, this would essentially, you know, like like to to steel man steel man it with a, a like a a concise statement. Basically, uh, the your idea is it should not be uh, defund the police and chaos or defund the police and not the feds take over. It should be uh, you know privatize the police and put that kind of power back more into, you know, privately, uh, individually formed militias that, you know, are made up of people. Well, you mean privatized with payment or not, and basically just put a call of action out to individuals that care about their rights in the state and care about their city or their, uh, their freedoms in the state, um, and ask them to, you know, become, uh, what they claim to be. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, you know, that's, that's something I've thought about and said, too. I think that, um, you know, the, the, only, the only risk with privatization is not really the, not really the, the fault of privatization. It's just more the fault of the state, which is if, if the private forces get hired by the state, well, then they're just, you know, now they're just state actors again. But other than that, um, yeah, I think privatization well, I mean, what, what privatization is always the goal. What currently prevents... Uh individuals from manning up showing up and helping out is it's it's the way that they enforce and create precedence for defense laws and and trying to quote unquote stop vigilantes which i mean those sorts of discussions are ridiculous because i i've yet to see uh, a swath of batmen in these cities that they have to have these laws to prevent such things in my opinion these laws are to oppress so that i mean some people some people might cite the uh, uh, I'm I'm terrible with some of these name pronunciations. Oh, that Armoud Aubrey, the uh, the really kind of botched yeah. citizens, the, the the botched citizens arrest. So mm -hmm. like, 
you know, and, and I had my thoughts on that too, which was like, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- that's the only problem with some Second Amendment, uh, you know, kind of conservative private militia dudes. And, and, and it's not that I, you know, it's a criticism coming from someone who is one of those people. I mean, you know, I, uh, I mean, what I like to say, because this is going to be on the internet in public, is that, you know, I uh, have a locker that used to be filled with guns behind me. It, you know, the shame that I lost them in a boating accident last week, but, uh, you know, you know, tough luck on that. But uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, totally support, uh, you know, a big Second Amendment, big, you know, gun rights person. And, you know, I think that for the most part, uh, over, uh, you know, I mean, listen, th- th- we can't create utopia, whether it's the state or it's private forces, there's a risk of people who are trying to protect the rights of others doing things that in isolated incidents are, you know, they go too far and they cause harm. That's not justified, but is, you know, is that more likely in a state system that's essentially socialized uh, police where you have things like qualified immunity and, you know, the law enforcement and the police are kind of uh, in cahoots together. So it's not really like the law enforcement's very motivated. I mean, the, the, um, the judicial system is not exactly, you know, going to be the most motivated to crack down on the uh, uh, overreaches of police. And, you know, no one loses money when police do something bad. I mean, maybe like now some are in some cities, but just generally speaking, when, when state actors screw up, they get raises, not pay cuts. So, I mean, Mm. You know, yeah, I mean, I think overall, while there's always a risk of a person with a gun or a person coming in to protect someone or to protect their rights or someone else's rights, there's always a risk that something could go wrong. But uh, people who know that their actions have consequences, both in a market sense and in a like, uh, if I hurt someone without just cause that's going to, you know, like, you know, I'm going to have a good defense in court, I'm going to end up in some serious legal trouble. Uh, that system is going to be inherently less riskier, I think more productive, and it's going to produce probably in the long run, a more peaceful system of law enforcement than, a, you know, a socialized one. And the only thing that's preventing that other than, you know, the state, which doesn't like competition, is just that socialism makes people lazy. Uh, I think that's perfect ending. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.